Welcome back to Blue Milk Drop, a Star Wars podcast where we'll be covering everything about the franchise that we all love. Since we've been away for about a month, I feel like it feels appropriate to just kind of remind everybody what this show is all about. Um, the intention for me is is that that we have for the show is to kind of tie together all of the canon and legends Star Wars multimedia, whether that be books, comics, movies, TV shows, whatever, into just one cohesive storyline uh, so that everyone interested, whether you are a new fan or an old fan, can just kind of be in the loop. So that being said, I, we should just get right into our introductions. My name is Nate, and I'm joined by my good friend, Brucker. Brucker, we're a month older since our last episode. How you doing, old man? Hello there. I'm doing so <laughs> good, man. Very excited to talk about this trailer. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. It's been so long. We we teased the a bunch uh, of stuff. <laughs> we teased a bunch of stuff like a month ago because we were really banking on getting this Obi Wan Kenobi trailer during the Super Bowl. Did not happen. Nope. Uh, I don't know about you. I lo- I held my pee for the entire game. I was more distracted by that by the need to use the bathroom <laughs> just so I can catch the commercials than watching yeah. the actual game, which I was very interested in the game. But <laughs> yeah, we finally got it though. So should we talk about like our like Super Bowl reaction too while we're doing this? Or should- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I was pretty disappointed by that, that we didn't get the Kenobi trailer during the Super Bowl that kind of stunk. And then you moved. So mm-hmm. we've just been, you know, playing the waiting game and everything. Yeah. But, you know, we're we're back. We're here. Nate's in it. This is the first recording in Nate's new place. You know, welcome apartment to the to the show. Thank it's nice you, to have you. you. <laughs> welcome office to the show. I've got an office now, just like Brucker. So I feel like a grown man now. <laughs> big deal. Not a big deal. <laughs> oh, my but, goodness. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. Kenobi. Kenobi. Well, first, before we get into that, let's plug our social media real quick. So go ahead and give us a follow at Blue Milk Drop on Instagram, Twitter. That's really just really where we are uh and feel free to give us a five-star review on apple podcasts and spotify anything less than five just keep walking (laughs) i'm just kidding no but we would appreciate it and it would be really cool and 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 share us with friends and share us with friends that's a big deal thing that's a big deal thing that is a big deal Uh, thing (laughs) but like rucker said uh today we'll be geeking over the trailer to the upcoming obi-wan kenobi tv series on Disney Plus. This is how this episode's gonna go down. Here's a little run through. Uh, we're gonna knock out some show details and give us some background just so we get a full idea of what who is making the show. You know, what can we expect? Uh, and then we're just gonna go fully into our trailer reaction. No, no bold predictions, no extra segments, just pure get your takes out. Let me know what you think. There will be bold predictions for sure. There will be bold. I, I know Brucker's got some, that's for sure. Um, and then after that, I'm going to give you guys some homework if you just want to catch up and just kind of bring your mind up to speed with what's going on in the context of this Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Uh, and then we'll close out the show. So this one, I don't know if this will take too long, but that's what it's going to be. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Okay. So again, as we all know, the show's name is Obi-Wan Kenobi. The official release date is May 25th, 2022, which... There is something special about this date, Brucker. Do you know what's special about this date? I feel like you do. Is that, uh, yeah, I know. Do, do you want to say you know it? This. No, you say it. Isn't that when uh, Star Wars 1977 first came out? That's exactly it. This is the oh, yeah. 45th anniversary of the release of the original Star Wars. Big deal. And this is like the perfect series to kind of do that, right? I feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi is just such an important character, really, to everybody in, in the show as a whole. So... Great, great start to the summer. Uh, the official runtime, obviously, we don't know that. Uh, I'm expecting something similar to what we got for the Book of Boba Fett and Mando. I read somewhere minutes. that we're supposed to get hour episodes for each of them. But, I mean, Ooh. that could be wrong, but that, that's what I was reading today. You did say that this trailer was going to come out during the Super Bowl, so... I don't know who your news source is. I also are. said a lot of things about Book of Boba Fett. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was not Screen Rant. No, we do not. We do not talk about Screen Rant on this podcast. <laughs> for some context, Brucker uh, gave me a whole lot of just for 
retweeted, he retweeted it on our feed and no no that's not okay <laughs> we do not condone screen rant reading readings on this podcast yeah. no not at all go somewhere else <laughs> apparently they're just clickbait but anyways back to the show <laughs> they're the, clickbait without morals yeah oh my goodness get out of here the number of episodes are six and so this is intended show <laughs> you're making me laugh uh, this is intended to be a limited series, so the story will hopefully just be told in its entirety within these six episodes. Please don't make this like a Book of Boba Fett type of thing. I don't think they will, just based on who's directing. But um, this one is written by Joby Harold. I know nothing about this guy, Brucker. I know you do, though. Yeah, so I know a little bit about him. He's he's done a lot of pro- he's produced movies that I've seen, and like people like he produced that third John Wick movie. But he also produced that Tom Hanks, or not Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt movie, Edge of Tomorrow. Have you seen that? Is that like a post-apocalyptic type movie? Kind of. I mean, it has to deal with like a war with aliens. It has to deal with time loops and everything. Oh, uh, no, I, I didn't see it. No. Very good sci-fi movie. I feel like that, that movie, Edge of Tomorrow, is underrated. And he was a producer on that. But in terms of writing... Um, I mean, he wrote that Army of the Dead, which was that, I think, that Netflix movie with Zack Schneider. I never saw that, but I didn't also didn't hear anything about it. So I don't know. You see, but, go ahead. But no, I, don't I, know, say, I guess just to be. <laughs> we suck. Um, I guess you talk, Rucker. You talk. I guess just based on what he's produced, Edge of Tomorrow, a very good sci fi movie with, you know, lots of complicated. Uh, plot points and lots of wheels turning in that again he was a producer so i don't know how much like creatively he was involved with it but i mean you know we'll give him a shot there's some stuff that i'm already seeing with um planet names that we're getting from this that i feel are very cool that he talks about and i will get into that later but um so i don't know i mean it's kind of like a blank slate for me in terms of his writing skills so we'll see okay i like that i like the blank slate uh, we're not getting a blank slate for our director though. We're getting Deborah Chow, which if anyone remembers, she killed it. She, I think she directed like two Mandalorian episodes yes. and those are probably some of the most highly rated ones, specifically the third episode of the first season. I think it was called the sin. That was yes. the one when Mando breaks out baby Yoda from the clutches of the empire. And that if, I mean, anybody remembers was arguably the best episode of that with exception to the last episode, but anyway yeah yeah she she directed chapter three the sin and then chapter seven the reckoning which was the second to last episode in season one and then they're just like all right we're going to take you out of this because you did a really good job we're going to talk about kenobi with you okay and she i don't think she did anything for season two Mm -mm, no she's doing this whole season too did you see this yeah dude i'm so excited i I rewatch. okay we'll get to it but i rewatched the sin episode today just to kind of like refresh myself on like her directorial approach and everything. And just, I'm just so excited for this. That's my God unrelated to this. I love that you do that, that you're, you're like watching tape. You're watching film for the director rather than the actual show. And that cracks me up. (laughs) I love (laughs) that dude. (laughs) I'm like Bilicek, you know, you know, and I very much feel like him. Who did he lose to when he had that press conference? Like we're just moving on to Cleveland Uh, or or Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Moving on to Cincinnati. Yeah. That's what I feel like after book of Boba Fett, we're moving on to Kenobi. (laughs) I'm just studying tape and everything. Yeah. Gosh, that cracks me up. Uh, Well, other uh, more great news i feel like there's there's a lot of good stuff tied to this show is the the music for the show we're not it's not ludwig i love ludwig, ludwig. oh it's I not ludwig. He's done, no he's done amazing things for this for everything all the tv shows that we've gotten love the mando music love the boba music but john williams is coming back for this <gasps> Don't act like you didn't know. Don't act I honestly like you didn't did know. it. I didn't know that. That's uh, This is cool. I'm getting news with the folks right now. That is, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's a big deal. And I feel like if John wants to come back, you just got to clear the way. Just let him do it. He's got, uh, I don't even know. This guy's amazing. He's got great music. Brooker and I bonded over this music. That's how pretty much this whole thing even got started. So <laughs> props to him. Uh, stars for the show will be... Obviously, Ewan McGregor, who was also the executive producer for the show. 
Uh, we're going to get Hayden Christensen, Joel Edgerton, who was uh, Lars, his Owen, uncle, uncle Owen. God, I'm sorry. Owen Lars. Yeah. <laughs> Owen Lars. Um, Joel Edgerton, Bonnie Peace, Moses Ingram, Indira Varma, Rupert Friend, and Sung Kang. Uh, these are the people that we know are confirmed. I think we probably have an idea of what their roles are at this time. Uh, but I guess in, in place of like this whole series, the Kenobi series as a whole, you're probably asking yourself, when does this show even take place? This will be 10 years after the movie episode three, Revenge of the Sith. So for like a full context of like, cool, that's 10 years after. Where is that in like the full grand scheme of things? Just for context, Luke Skywalker was 19 at the beginning of episode four, A New Hope. So he'll be 10 years old in the show, in the Kenobi show. Uh, comparing this to the other shows and movies in this era, the series series is going to take place uh, at pretty much at the same time as Solo, like during the final events of the movie Solo, mm. about five years before the events of the animated TV series Rebels, and then nine years before the movie Rogue One. And uh, for the newer fans who haven't watched any of that stuff, they're really just the TV show people. Like you got a Disney Plus membership and you have just been watching that. Um, the book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian does not take place for another 18 years compared to this show. So get that out of your head. <laughs> there's there's a, <laughs> nothing to do with this. I'm sure they'll tie in some stuff, but nothing to do with this at the time. But, 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 but Dremel, the time has come. We are about <laughs> to get into the trailer reaction. Brecker, take it away. Dude, I'm so excited. So, I had the exact opposite feelings of when we did a reaction for Book of Boba Fett. And because if people recall, I mentioned how that trailer gave me the same emotions that I had with Solo, which was, who is this for? Do we even really need it? And not really being that excited. But I liked Solo when I watched it. And there's some things I liked about Book of Boba Fett. This, I was just wow like pedal to the metal let's get me to may 25th i want to see this so badly and this this looks like they put a lot of money into it so far i mean it's, mm -hmm. i know it's just a trailer but this had the feel of like something huge and cinematic and i am just so excited for this for everything you talked about with john williams being in this with ian mcgregor hayden christensen uh, deborah chow i'm very excited for for all of this um i was just I was amped, dude. I'm amped for Kenobi. I'm so excited. And they do such a good job at knowing like how to get people excited for this. And they play Duel the Fates in this. Oh, my God. Dude, so I am extremely excited. Uh, where are you at? I, I'm i right there with you, dude. I'm in the passenger <laughs> seat. We are just riding that train all the way to the finish line to May 25th. I am freaking hyped you actually watched me before we started recording i watched the trailer and that was the second time i'd ever watched it i don't know where what frame of mind i was in the first time i saw it because i was excited but the second time i watched it i had the headphones on and i had like my big computer screen and i and i watched it and it was it gave me chills i got goosebumps and i just got really freaking excited and i just noticed a lot of smaller details i guess i didn't really pick up before because uh, i think i I don't know. I think the first time I was thinking a lot about the podcast and I was like, oh, finally we can put up an episode. But this time I was just like, this is going to be a treat. And <laughs> it's funny because I the whole time I was watching, I was like, man, this really feels like a show that was being made at the same time as another show. And clearly one got more love. And I think that was this one. <laughs> <And> <laughs> they put a lot more into this one than Book of Boba Fett. But um I think for good reason, this is, oh man, this is going to kick off the summer just the right way. This is going to be amazing. Uh, it, again, had my mind racing. I might talk about Mace Windu again. Who knows? I might, I might feel a little frisky <laughs> and a little crazy, but. <laughs> Dude, I mean, like, I definitely have like predictions of prior characters that I think would make sense or be interesting to see in this show. Ooh, tell me. Uh, uh, I mean, did, should, should I just lead with that? I think. Yeah, I did. Yeah. We'll just when go if, all over the place. What, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to be all over the place, but so I'm going to start off with what I guess with this. Do you think that we'll see like a Cassian Andor in this, like a young Cassian Andor in this show? Because I think because like he, in Rogue One, he kind of talked about how he's been in this war for so long. And then we know like how Disney 
loves to do their backdoor pilots with these shows and Andor has a one of his own shows coming. So I wonder if like they'll kind of use that to like bridge that a little bit or like maybe introduce him that like maybe he's had he's run into Obi-Wan a little bit in this just to kind of like give that character a little bit more clout. But I don't know. So I I really random just, you know, taking a crate just a random shot in the dark. I'm kind of going to call that we might see a young Cassian Andor in this show. That's your guy. That's your call. Yeah. Yeah. That's my call. I think you're right. I think that would make sense because he was what, like 30 years old in Rogue One when he died. I'm sorry. Spoilers for people. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> just realized that. Uh, and this show is nine years before that. So it would be like a young, fresh out of college. If he was went to college, <laughs> Cassian Andor. Yeah, I think that would make sense. And it would only make sense to tie it into another show that's going to come out. What in August they said. Yeah. So, okay. I like that. My, uh, my guy was um, Quinlan Voss. That was my oh dude, my little yes, drop. yeah. And he's not getting his own show, but he's got a he's got a book. And so, like right around the the Disney purchase of Star Wars, there a whole bunch of like media came out, like comic books and uh, novels and stuff. And the one novel that they kept was Dark Disciple, and it was a story about Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress. So, uh, and they're both like uh gray gray force users we'll say so like they use a little bit of light they use a little bit of dark and uh he has a lot he's got a lot of different force powers that we haven't seen from anybody else right he touches things and he can like kind of see the past associated with that with that thing that he touched and i feel like all of these shows that we've been watching for Star Wars, like the new TV shows, we're getting a lot of introductions to new uh, and unusual force powers, right? We got force healing mm. with the Mandalorian, uh, with Baby Yoda, and then we got it in episode nine. We saw it and we saw a little bit of like the Jedi connection to animals and creatures between, again, Baby Yoda and the Rancor that we just recently saw in the book of Boba Fett. So this would just be another opportunity to just kind of like flex your force using muscles and just use what you got and put it out there. Cause he's alive, right? He lived through order 66, the, the Jedi purge quote unquote. So it would make sense to bring this guy in, especially since the last time we actually saw him in a movie, which this is Canon. He was on Tatooine in star Wars episode one, the Phantom Menace. Right. That'd be a cool little callback. Maybe he does something and, draws attention to himself i don't i don't know that's my thought we i love that we gotta do a future episode on dark disciple that is such a good book um I, if people yeah. haven't read it it's a big recommend for me and nate too so go check that out but so <clears throat> i do hope that we see him in this um i guess i'll i guess i'll get a little bit more organized and kind of start with some some of the things that i liked from the trailer um and starting okay. out with so i already talked about duel of the fates super awesome and it's just like blaring you know so if you wear if you listen ear if you wear earbuds and watch the trailer with that it's just it's just so good but something that uh i that stuck out to me was that we're getting this obi-wan kenobi narration in the beginning of this and he's talking about how the fight is over we have lost we now must hide and i was thinking who is he talking to because i kind of doubt that they had him just do this dialogue just for the trailer. I have a feeling that this is probably taking or taken from some conversation he has with someone. So I'm wondering who is he trying to explain just like the fall of the Jedi order to. So I was kind of like speculating, like what if like he's explaining this to like the force goes of Qui-Gon or do, or like do him and Yoda, like even try to have some sort of communication about like, should they start doing something? Should they start moving or uh, trying to regain forces or anything? And he's just kind of like, no, like we shouldn't. We've lost. Let's just hang, hang out, hang low. Or maybe he's talking to Owen about it. And, Cause maybe Owen goes to him about what does he need to do with Luke? Cause Luke is starting to show some force powers and like, well, like what, 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 what should he do? And he starts telling him just hide it. Like, I can't help you or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm very curious to know who he is having to explain the fall of the Jedi order too. And that like, they just need to remain in hiding. That's interesting. Cause I, when I heard that, um, 
that narration, I kind of thought of his message that he sent out in episode three after the fall of the Jedi Temple when he's warning all of the Jedi to not come back to Coruscant and just to kind of hide where they are because they will be hunted by the Empire, the mm. now Empire. So that was my thought. I think I kind of shrugged it off as that. But now that you're saying it, I guess the speech doesn't like line up exactly like um, what he had been saying in episode three during his warning to the other Jedi. So that that could be interesting. I, hmm. Yeah. Does it make you go, hmm? Yeah, so so I'm pretty curious to see, because I think that might be the arc that we get from Obi-Wan in this, is that he's this defeated, distraught, faithless person at the beginning of the show. And throughout the series, he's going to see why it's still important to keep like the quote Jedi faith. And that's kind of going to be his arc in this, is that he's going to like learn, oh, like there's a reason why that, jedi order was here and maybe we lost our way or whatever but like he's he might like be reignited to 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 bring it back or to i don't know to maybe he teaches people in this i don't know so but i think that's going to be his arc is is going from someone that is quote faithless to someone that learns why it's important to have certain jedi I don't know, like rules or, you know, I'm kind of like losing my train of thought with that. But yeah, so that's kind of like where I'm at with I know, this. I know where you're, I know where you're yeah. going. Uh, do you mind if I get a little semi-deep? Please. And just kind of like add on to what you're saying? I, I think I had a, like a similar interpretation and not to bring the Bible into this, but I kind of compare Obi-Wan's character a lot to like Job in the book of Job, right? Mm. Um, in that a lot of bad things happen to him, but he still has faith in God. Right. And the translation to star Wars is a lot of bad things happen to Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he still has faith in the force and that everything's kind of going to work out. Uh, so long as he just kind of sticks to it and just some examples. Cause they, they've gotten into like Obi-Wan story in like a lot of comics and a lot of books that kind of date back to like when he was a Padawan, Padawan, when he was first chosen. Right. So like when he was a Padawan, he, um, him and Qui-Gon did not get along. Uh, there were moments where they both considered leaving the Jedi Order very early on, right? And they had like a very tense relationship and then like a series of events happened. They got closer. But when they're starting to get closer is right around the events of The Phantom Menace in Star Wars Episode One, and Qui-Gon dies, right? And that was his like father figure at the time. And still, he was pretty young in that movie. He was still a Padawan. And then he gets... Anakin is his his Padawan just like shortly after. But uh, and like throughout the series of like Clone Wars, he has a love interest in um, Satine. She's like she's a Mandalorian, actually, uh, in fact, and she dies. And that was someone he was like considering leaving the Jedi Order for because, you know, you're not supposed to be in a relationship as a Jedi. And he knew it was wrong and he'd considered it. But then she dies and he really has no choice but to stay with the Order because that's all he has. And then he's got Anakin and then that whole tragic story and mm-hmm. pretty much everyone around him he loves or has built some sort of relationship is murdered by the empire and he's forced into exile on this desolate planet that he has already stated, you know, in episode 1 that he hated because it was just a a dry decrepit place that the savages live in. And mm-hmm. he's just like kind of forced to live his life out that way. And then where it picks up is in A New Hope where he just kind of is at peace and just lets the force kind of take him away, right? So he's never really had a win, right, over the span of his life. And I feel like exactly what you're saying, like this is his like come to the light moment. This is his acceptance of like this is just the will of the force and this is what it's going to have to be. And I'm just going to just do what it just kind of wants me to do. And that's yeah. that's how this is going to play out. Yeah, I think that's going to be really interesting to see, and especially certain things that kind of make him crack or want to differentiate with how he is living his life in this. Because, you know, we also get narration from the Inquisitors that are in the trailer from this. And they talk about how, you know, the best way to snuff out the Jedi is patience because they can't help themselves but to reveal themselves when they feel like they're needed or anything. And we kind of get this very quick glimpse on this planet that looks like Coruscant but I don't think it actually is Coruscant Um, and we see like these people are lined up as 
some inquisitors are questioning them or something and we kind of get shots of obi-wan watching this so i think it's gonna be interesting to seeing where he like where his boundaries are mm-hmm. in this show and like what what because he's not just risking his own life he's risking the future of the jedi and in his eyes too and protecting luke as well because i think he's kind of maybe i wouldn't be surprised if we start off the show with him already being there just him protecting luke from afar and so he's not just seeing you know his well-being for just himself but also just for luke and uh, other young leagues uh future ones so it's gonna be kind of cool to see where his boundaries are and everything in this um but i wanted to talk about that planet that we see in this trailer mm-hmm. so it is this, this planet it, like the background of it in the environment it looks like coruscant do you know what you know kind of like the parts of the trailer i'm talking about yeah where the inquisitors kind of walking through with yeah legion exactly behind him. yeah exactly so the writer of this show joby harold i saw that he said that this planet that obi-wan will go to a planet called Dayu, and it's kind of like a busy city but he said he kind of painted it like hong kong where like it's um neon lights and graffiti and lots of people and i'm very interested in what this is going to be because i feel like he purposely chose everything that i just said because so i looked up what Dayu is and this is actually Dayu is based on a chinese character from an 18th century chinese novel and oh, when you, I love it already. And when you translate that word, Dayu, there's several translations of it, but one of them is replace or era in generation. And her is a female character in, in the novel, but she is a poet that is um, that feels strongly for people in nature. And so I was like, oh, this is like kind of interesting what they're getting kind of getting inspiration from. So I think it's going to be kind of pretty cool to see how just like how much on the surface stuff like that comes out you know like or all the symbolism and the dots that we'll be able to connect from that so i'm excited to see everything you'll get from this new planet because i've talked about it before i freaking love getting new planets in star wars i'm mm-hmm. really excited to see what day is all about yeah uh another cool planet we're probably going to get is the one where the inquisitors have their base right because i think there's a little bit of that in the video game uh jedi fallen order which wreckers played it I watched the cutscene video on YouTube. <laughs> we are two different people. Nate has no different. self-control with video games. No, I could. I had no patience. Well, because you, uh, the Star Wars book club that we were in, you all were playing it at the same time. And I think at the time I didn't even have, uh, I, I hadn't unpacked my Xbox or something, or I had it stored somewhere uh, just for self-control reasons. And so you all were playing it and I was just like, dang, man, I should really go get my Xbox. And I just decided because you guys were already like towards the end of the game. I was like, you know what? F- it. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to watch the cutscenes on YouTube and <laughs> and act like I'm playing and know what's going on. So I, I have an idea. But there is like I'm a lot. so good at this game. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all were talking about like difficulties and, and certain levels. And I was like, yeah, man, that looked pretty hard when I was watching it. Uh <laughs> Uh, I do feel like I've played the game, though. Uh, but that being said, I think there's like this underwater planet that they all meet in and train in and just kind of interact. The Inquisitors, that is. And we get a little glimpse of that really in the beginning of the trailer where uh, Dual Fates music starts and we're just looking overhead at the ship as it approaches this this giant figure in the middle of an ocean. So I think that'll be cool, too. It gave me a lot of Exegol vibes. and I'll, Exegol Camino vibes, right? Yeah, and I honestly, I was like, "Is this Exegol?" I'm, and I was, I don't know, I, I got faked out for for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was very gray. I mean, it wouldn't be uh, far off to assume that there is water on this other planet, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some planets aren't just dark and stormy constantly. Um, but I digress. Uh, I know, I know, you were super bothered with the fact that a lot of these shows are all happening on Tatooine. So I'm, I'm glad that we are getting another show because. yeah we just we just need some variety right i want variety i want to explore and build a universe and everything so i'm excited that we're Mm going to get that um i did want to talk about luke though for for this okay little 10 year old luke what you got so i like that we see that obi-wan is 
watching over him and we see that you know he does like through this little i don't know star wars <clears throat> star wars binoculars and it looks like that luke is miming pod racing or something which is yeah adorable and very just like oh just like his his old man he might grow up to be space hitler who knows um <laughs> but, <laughs> but um that, that kind of made me think i wonder if we'll get any like solo moments with luke in this show because i'm wondering if because you know they, they 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 preview that Owen Lars is in this, and they we got little snippets of Luke in this too. So I wonder if the Inquisitors, through some way, get notice of that Luke is Force sensitive, and that's where a lot of, um, you know, action takes place, or a lot of dominoes fall for Obi Wan. And so I'm very curious to see if we get any like moments with just Luke by himself, and he can like just force lift things or he can see things before they happen or he has like dreams like Anakin talked about when he was a kid on Tatooine. So I'm very curious to see just how much Luke we get and how much like of or maybe just indirectly with Owen possibly going to Obi-Wan and be like, hey, this kid has these gifts and I have no idea what to do with him, you know. So I'm I'm very curious to see what, what we get from Luke and I will be kind of surprised honestly if we don't get anything like that. Um I guess a little context for that. So I think some of that was covered in the comics and I bet you that would be, I guess, reflected in the show as well. Like for example, there's a lot of instances where Luke's just kind of doing just general teenager type things, right? Getting Mm -hmm. himself into trouble, putting his life at risk for what, you know, just being a teenager. And Obi-Wan has always kind of just been there watching over him. So I like one, one example was he had this little ship, that he was flying through the canyon and I think he wrecked and he needed some extra parts. And uh, I think he'd been like knocked unconscious or something. And then when he woke back up, the parts were there right next to him to put in the ship so that he can like get himself to safety. And I think in that situation, it kind of made Owen, his uncle Owen upset about that relationship. So I feel like in this show, I, I can't really picture Owen going to, Obi-Wan Kenobi is like a voice of reason, like give me some advice on how to raise this child. I think that he probably just wants absolutely no association between Luke and, and the Jedi. And I think we're going to get a lot of like, I guess an explanation of the disdain that Owen feels towards Kenobi that we saw mm. in a new hope. Right. Cause he's like, he's a wizard. You don't need to talk to that guy. Stay That'd away from him. That'd be interesting to see though. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, just like you said, I'm, I'm sure something's going to draw. I feel like that that little lightsaber scene that we saw in the trailer where uh, like the girl Inquisitor like slices mm-hmm. over this guy's head who is ducking. And I feel like the person ducking was probably Owen Lars. And yeah, he just got involved in, in some sort of altercation. But who knows? And by the way, that Inquisitor, her name is Reva, R-E-V-A, played by Moses Ingram. So um, I, I don't know who, who this actress is or anything, but mm-hmm. apparently she's going to be like the big baddie. Well, one of the big baddies. They've said that Vader is supposed to be the the big one in this, but I think that we're going to get a lot of Reva in this. Okay. So it's going to be a lot of fun. That's good to hear. Speaking of Vader, do you want... I've, I've seen a lot of talk about this. Do you want a Vader Obi-Wan Kenobi showdown? Or do you feel like that would kind of take away from... See, I'm so torn because will it take away from A New Hope a little bit? I think it. I, I think is. I think there's no way you could do it without it taking away all that heaviness that you know that the prequels put on that rematch in A New Hope. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I do want to see it. So. <laughs> <laughs> you torn. I'm between a rock and a hard place. I- but apparently, I again, I. There's, you know, there's so much stuff going on on like articles and stuff. But apparently, there's two matchups that they have in this series. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Um, and that was part of the concept art too. Was them fighting. So we'll we'll see. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm for it. I'm for Hayden Christensen, Christensen being back in this. I love Vader. He's probably my favorite character in Star Wars. And I also just love that we didn't get him in the trailer. You know, we just got the breathing mm-hmm. at the end. It's doing like what, uh, what was his name? Like something Edwards, the guy that directed Rogue One, just that restraint of the, you know, waiting to, to reveal him when it's appropriate and, you know, mm-hmm. just maximum. At the end of Rogue One. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I don't think that we'll, 
like we'll definitely see Vader, I think, sprinkled throughout the show um, because he because he's apparently supposed to be like the villain of the show. So I hmm, I don't I honestly I don't want the matchup if I'm being honest. I what I would not mind seeing is um, so like Vader's role with the Inquisitors is that he's training them right to be mm. more more strong in the force because these guys are kind of mid right in terms of their ability and uh, i mean they don't really have any real competition at this point because right all the jedi are are pretty much dead and they have strength in numbers in that so i think i feel like all the rumors that we heard about the like the the vader kenobi battles were probably misdirections and it's really probably like training sessions between vader and the inquisitors i hope because i really don't want the battle as much as i want to see it I feel like the one at the end of episode three was just too good. Mm-hmm. And um, it would take, a for me, would take a lot of emotion away out of A New Hope. But if they do give it to us, I'm sure I wouldn't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest. And I would welcome it because it's been a long time since we've seen uh, lightsaber battles in Star Wars. So I'm ready mm-hmm. for it. Yes. I don't know. I'm See, I'm kind of like right there with you. I'm so torn because everything we already talked about. So... I don't know, but that'd be kind of cool if it is a fake out and it's Vader training the Inquisitor because that would be cool too. I mean, I mm-hmm. would, I would eat that. I would eat that up, man. <laughs> I would eat that. I think. Um, <laughs> I was just repeating. I was trying said. to like save you from having to use a bleep in the editing. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got two. I'm two in the books. Um, I think my my thought for how this story is going to go because you had mentioned before that um, you think maybe was it you said that Luke might draw like the uh, the Inquisitor's attention or something. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, this is where I thought Quinlan Boss would kind of get in because he's kind of like a rogue, right? He just is a rebel. He's against the grain. You say left, he goes right type of guy. And I feel like he would probably be the one to like mess up, right? Um, and kind of draw some attention to himself that doesn't really need to be occurring. And... Um, because I feel like at, at this point, I don't know that Vader knows. He, had, he would have no inclination or no reason to believe that Obi-Wan Kenobi is on Tatooine. So when they go, I'm sure the Inquisitors go to investigate and Kenobi maybe deals with one of them and then tries to take him off planet. And that's where I think we're going off planet because I was wondering, I was like, why would they even like involve other planets if he's supposed to be here taking care of his child? But the only thought to me of him doing that would to be to just kind of draw them away right um to the benefit of us right because we get planet expansion but that's kind of how i thought things were going to go down and it would make sense to i guess bring in a big character like that because it would not be a lot there would not be a lot of gravity to the situation to bring in some sort of no-name jedi to be that person get killed off and then we feel nothing about it it would be good to have someone we've at least seen in the clone wars right and seen in a movie even though it was just a cameo uh kind of die on screen and be that person because him and him and kenobi have a relationship they kenobi kind of feel some type of way against him so Mm -hmm. it'd be cool to see it just kind of played out in person especially with how good of an actor even mcgregor is and whoever they put uh quinlan boss to be if he's in it yeah yeah i man i'm just so excited i'm just so 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 <laughs> so excited for all of this and dude if we get quinlan Voss, that would ah, that would just be amazing i'm ready for some andor stuff though i want to see him face off against an inquisitor and just really flex because well because he got no justice he got no justice in because like there's definitely like some other the rogue person character in this like scoundrel because we get a couple of shots with uh, Reva, that Inquisitor I mentioned, with her in an alleyway, and she's star- staring down someone that's holding a pistol, but we don't see their face, and so I was, that's why I was thinking, like, "Oh, I wonder if that's Andor." And that was very the the imagery there was very reminiscent of his his introduction to Rogue One when he goes into the alleyway and kills that dude. So I don't know. I think that'd be kind of cool to if if he comes in the show too. And I don't know. I'm I'm just really excited to see just who all Obi Wan ends up interacting with because this is kind of unprecedented for star Wars so far because, you know, like the Mandalorian was awesome, but it was a new 
character. We had no history with him or anything like that. And Book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett is a big character and everything. But again, we really haven't, like I said, I think there's only six or seven minutes of screen time with him (laughs) in the original trilogy. So we still really don't know him or anything. And Luke does have cameos in those shows. But this is the first time that we're having like a quote, like legacy character come back to be the star and have the show or, you know, the, the property focus around him. This is this is going to be so cool to see how they handle this and how they decide with, you know, how he interacts with people and who all he does touch. And like, and then just like the ripple effects from that, that we might see. Like, and when we go back and rewatch things like, oh, like this person interact with Obi-Wan in this show and that, that kind of maybe explains a little bit of this that, and the other thing so I'm very excited to see how this affects other stuff positively since uh since Solo is kind of happening around the same time how would you feel about some of those characters showing up like the quick cameo like a Chewbacca or a Han Solo I think that'd be cool like I wouldn't hate it <laughs> I your face wouldn't. didn't convince me but Dude, I wouldn't hate it at all. Dude, Alden yeah. Ehrenreich needs to reprise his role as Solo. I thought he did such a good job. I he would, did a good job. He got I would honestly no love reason. just like a wacky, kind of silly, like, you know, adventure bounty of the day show with Alden Ehrenreich as Solo. I think that would be so much fun. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, and like Disney would make so much money with that. Everybody, I, think, <laughs> I feel like everybody would watch that. I don't know. but Disney's like, we know we would make money. <laughs> Have you seen what they say about us, though? Um, man, I think I'm what I'm most hopeful for in, in terms of like the cameos and who Obi-Wan Kenobi gets to interact with is Qui-Gon Jinn and maybe mm-hmm. like a force ghost version of that or some sort of at least a voice, you know, give me something. Uh, let me know that they talk to each other because I think they did at some point. Maybe Yoda. I think Yoda I was just about to cool. ask, do you think we'll get Yoda in this? I feel like they had to have known like, well, I mean, yeah, because uh, Obi-Wan's over here telling Luke, go to Dagobah. So he knows he's there. What if we go to Dagobah? <sighs> That'd be cool. Okay. Dude, I'm so excited for that. And I'm also excited for more like space travel, not just planets, but ships and everything, because we've got a very quick glimpse of two escape pods just being ejected. So I'm excited to see. What's what's that all about? You know, <laughs> you're very observant. I did not see that. I watched this trailer, I think, twelve times back to back while like waiting <laughs> waiting for you to hop on here and just like getting all my notes down. Oh, okay, um, I'm so excited. Um, can I talk about Deborah Chow just very briefly? Before? I would prefer that you did. Yeah. <laughs> so I rewatched the chapter three, the sin from from Mando today during my lunch to kind of refresh myself with how she does things and th- what stuck out to me the most during this episode was how she like the pov angles that she does when she's framing mando like doing his actions because um because a lot of the times when like the other directors will be the camera will be kind of like on him as he's walking through the streets or something like that but with deborah chow there's a lot of times where the camera was behind other people in the streets. Like it was behind vendors or shops. And we will see him uh, abstractly broken up through like a window or through people walking and things like that. So what I felt like from the perspective of others. Yes. And I thought that was very cool because it, it, it was specific to this episode of the Mandalorian, which Mando's having second thoughts about uh, turning in his bounty of Grogu. And I, because it, the, the cinematic language that it was perceiving was that the POV is from the city, not exactly one person. And we're seeing how violent the city is through this. And because we're, we're seeing like one of those little things as in Jabba's palace, I forget what it's called, but like on on that, uh, just being roasted over a fire and we're seeing Mm -hmm. there's all of like the, you know, the hive of scum and villainy. And, and that's the POV that we're getting. And it's, and we're just seeing him walk through it. And you're seeing how uneasy he is walking through all this. And it's, it's, it, because you, you kind of get that internal monologue that he's having with himself, with him, without him actually saying anything. I'm just like, wow, I kind of just like left him here. And um, I don't know. I just thought that all that was like super cool of how she, she wasn't afraid to like, just not just go ahead and just show Mando, uh unobstructed she wanted to for it to be obstructed and 
the trailers for Kenobi did that too with him. Again, it's a little bit different because it's a trailer and they want to tease things. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of, there were only a couple of shots in this where we got to see him uninstructed. Like we get to see him, he was on some like, I guess it was Tatooine, but we see him, it looks like he was scavenging very much like what Ray was doing in The Force Awakens. But we, we can't really see what he's toying with because we're seeing so many people walk by him and everything. And I don't know, I just, just kind of love that. So it's, I'm, I'm very interested to just, just see how all this goes and everything. I'm just so excited for Deborah Chow. And if people haven't watched those gallery uh, like series on Disney Plus, which are like the making behind the scenes of of the Mandalorian and all their shows, whenever they interviewed Deborah Chow when she was doing the Sin episode, she always talked about how I just need I just kept asking for more for more uh, stormtroopers to kill. She goes, "That's my favorite thing to do is to kill stormtroopers. I just needed more actors <laughs> to play stormtroopers to kill." Um, so and she kind of seems to put like messaging and action um at the forefront so i'm very excited to see where this goes dang dude i'm so glad you're here i'm so glad (laughs) you're here to break something like that down because i don't think i ever really pictured that like through the mindset of mando thinking about how he's leaving the child in the place based on the scenery that we see that hmm because it makes just based on what you described it kind of like with obi-wan kind of scavenging with people kind of walking around him kind of obstructing him that in and of itself is just an image of how he's just kind of blending in, right? Mm-hmm. That nobody's really looking at him and he's achieving exactly what he wants to do is just kind of blend into the background, not draw any attention to himself and just do his objective, which is protect Luke on this planet. So yeah, good. That was great. Good film watching, man. You got a perfect passer rating on the next game that you just did. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, I'm so excited for this and I, I'm just I think I'm all out of notes man I don't know what else to say about this trailer besides that it rules this uh just one final thought yes I I'm it's a I'm hopeful for this was I am excited for the side story of a potential Jedi hunt that we could get in this show based on the words of the Inquisitor talking about the Jedi will will reveal themselves because it Clearly, I mean, he's not just talking about Obi-Wan. I'm just hoping we get some other guys in there. Guys and girls. Every That was just a general term. Uh, I'm hoping we just get more Jedi in there just to see them kind of put up a fight and just see what they're doing. What are they up to 10 years later? And what did they do to just kind of draw attention to themselves this far out? And uh, I think that's some content I've been looking for and what I've really been thirsting for, yearning for. So... Hopefully we get it. But that, like you just said, I, I'm all out of notes. I'm, I'm tapped out. Do we want to just kind of continue on? What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> do we just want to? No, I'm, I'm, I'm Oh, good. continue I'm, on as in uh, to to the next segment. Cause I guess, oh, I was like, you, you said, just what? said that we're both tapped out. Do you want to keep going? I was like, what? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, um, you're good. No, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm ready to, to, to move on. <laughs> okay. Uh well, that's, before we close out the show, I got some homework for everybody. And this is an idea. This is just if you want to catch yourself up to speed with what could be going on at the moment uh, with this Kenobi show. Here are some suggestions to like read or watch. Uh, obviously, definitely to get to know Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. Uh, you don't, you're going to want to watch the movies, episodes one through three, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and most importantly, Revenge of the Sith. I think that's going to be play the most into this into this show. But a lot of people don't watch like the animated series, a lot of adults, right? Because these, these shows are made for kids. Uh, however, I've watched them all. They're a lot deeper than just like a children's show. And they got they have a lot of messages. Sure, there's like the duds of episodes that are just about droids and it's kind of quirky and like that one's clearly for kids. But I feel like the overall story that these animated series are telling can really give you a lot of context to what's, what's going on and uh, the really good stuff. So anyways, uh, to really get to know the inquisitors in particular, uh, the, the rebels animated series is great for that. You're going to get to know every single one of them. You're going to get to know some background on them, just kind of where they came from, what, what led them to become inquisitors and just know that 
that show does take place five years after the events of this series. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, if you're a video, if you're a gamer, obviously Jedi Fallen Order, you fight the Inquisitors in the show based on what I watched on YouTube. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I can confirm as somebody who has played it. <laughs> um, but if you want some added depth to... I guess the early relationship of Obi-Wan and Anakin, maybe consider reading the canon uh, five-part comic series titled Obi-Wan and Anakin, simple as that. And it kind of gets into their relationship about three years after the events of The Phantom Menace, just kind of as they get acclimated to each other. And I think this would be important because it just kind of builds like the foundation of who they are. And then you kind of work in the movies and you see, okay, so this is, that was in reference to this and like, you know, he's, he acts this way because this happened in the comic and all these things kind of tie together. And then just to kind of get into the the mindset of Obi-Wan and just kind of where he's coming from as he's training Anakin, I think the, the canon novel uh, master and apprentice is really good for that. Cause it's, it kind of gets into the relationship between Obi-Wan and his previous master from, episode one named Qui-Gon Jinn and just kind of talks about, you know, how they got together and how they kind of influenced each other and how Qui-Gon influenced Obi-Wan and how he would eventually come and come to train out uh, Anakin as a, as a Jedi himself. And I think that'd be good. And again, like I was saying before, just to kind of add some depth to Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship closer to the events of Revenge of the Sith, right? Closer to when they're both adults full-blown adults consider watching the animated clone war series because that is really going to tie into everything and really build up the relationship and, and give some context to a lot of things they they might reference because i think in this show we're going to get a lot of flashbacks and i feel like those flashbacks would probably be in reference to maybe some expanded multimedia that not a lot of people have watched so if at some point you probably watch the show and you go huh it's probably from something else from a book from a comic from a tv show so Mm-hmm. consider that that is that those are my suggestions um and again yeah if you guys have any questions hit us up on social media we're always happy to answer uh and just kind of brainstorm together so let us know uh but i'm going to turn it over to brecker to close out the show and uh say speak your final piece yeah and i just wanted to say based on your recommendations the obi-wan and anakin comic that you talked about that was actually the very first comic i bought and it got me into reading comics it's a very good little short story i I, I second that that recommendation but yes thank you so much for listening to this episode of blue milk drop i've been brucker and i've been joined by nate as always please be sure to follow us on twitter and instagram at blue milk drop share us with friends and family and if you hate us share us with someone you don't like um <laughs> you can send in <laughs> questions on you can dm you can dm us on twitter and instagram and you can send questions to blue milk drop at gmail.com and we will see you next time Thanks for listening. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I haven't felt a presence like this since. Perfect. Up. Yeah. That's good. I'm going to try to warp that. Maybe give myself a little Vader voice. We'll see. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye.